I actually think that the movie really surprised me. Felt like we were actually in Barbie land. Like, I'm flattered that people really like my feet. Like, they're not wearing normal clothes. They're caricatures of concepts. But they look so good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Come on, why can't we wear stuff like that? Are they overdoing it? Or is, like, for real, are they going to get it? Or is this going to feel like, oh, it's too feminist? We're going to be talking about spoilers in this, in this <laughs> episode. Welcome to Backseat Directing, where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and more. We're your hosts, Andrew and Aaron. We put out new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're reviewing the movie Barbie. Three, two, one, action. Barbie girl in a Barbie world. <laughs> we nailed that one. Yeah. That was great. We Welcome to the show, Andrew. Today we have a guest with us. Welcome. Uh, Hello. Welcome, everyone. Kaylee. Hi. Yeah, Kaylee, we wanted to start out. This is your first time being a guest on the show. So um, this is any listener's first chance to meet you. So we wanted to first just let you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about yourself and your interests. Yeah. So uh, as you guys said, my name's Kaylee. Um, I am a screenwriter and um, kind of aspiring to write movies and film. Um, kind of a little bit of everything in. Yeah, that is so cool. You're you're awesome for having that goal. I wish I could be a screenwriter. How Maybe many someday. movies have you been a part of? Five. Wow. Five. Jeez. Hey. I didn't realize there was that many. I knew of two. I've written four. I've acted in four, and I'm going to be directing on this whole. Man, you're that's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so cool. And I so badly want to make a movie. This this week we're talking about. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. So it's really awesome and fitting for you to be on here because like mm -hmm. Greta, I feel like is becoming such an icon in mm -hmm. this field. And I just saw a news report that she's on track to have the biggest opening weekend for a female director in history. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I spent That's this, awesome. Uh, this last week um, watching all of her movies. I watched Lady Bird and I watched Little Women. And I'm just so impressed with her as a filmmaker and mm -hmm. the movies are so good. And I can't wait to talk about what we all think about Barbie now that we've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Kayla, what are some of your favorite movies and stuff? Um, so I really like uh, anything that's action or anything that really makes you think. Uh, so Interstellar and uh, Avatar are probably up there for me. I'm also very much points, into, points. into like visuals and like how films are made. So I really like the behind the scenes. So anything like that, if there's a lot that goes into it, kind of really draws me into a movie. Like Lord of the Rings are iconic for how they were made. Yeah. More so than, you know, how, you know, they came across to audiences. Yeah, Aaron was just in the car on the drive to the movies downplaying Interstellar, saying it did not make his top five Nolan films. But they're all Nolan films. They're That's all true. really good. Like, <laughs> I feel like Andrew always puts everything I say with a negative <laughs> twist on it. There, there's a lot to compare there. <laughs> yeah. when talking Nolan it's films, not like so. the movies I picked above it are bad. <laughs> no, I think, Come on, Andrew. I think it's crazy to put Insomnia over in Interstellar, but that's just me. All right. This is a different podcast. But much like, much like Chris Nolan, who tends to write his movies, another movie, Oppenheimer, that we saw today, Greta Gerwig also tends to write her own movies as well. So mm -hmm. that's something I know Aaron always talks about loving is when you're like the facilitator of this basically 
drafting something from your imagination to the screen all the way through when you write and direct a movie is such a cool phenomenon. And I think that both of these two warring at the box office is just so much fun. And it's really like their brainchilds each because in both cases of Oppenheimer and Barbie, they wrote and directed the entire movie individually, of course. I think it says something to the success of Greta's, at least like her latest films, but even all of her other films that she has written and directed them like pairing those parts, those roles in most of those films. Yes, from the beginning. I mean, she adapted Little Women, you know, from mm -hmm. a book to be written for the screen, just like Oppenheimer or just like Nolan adapted the book for Oppenheimer to the movie. So it's it's such a cool talent to have to be able to wear all those hats. And I feel like it sounds incredibly stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and as stressful as it sounds, I feel like it's the best way to mm -hmm. make a movie, you know, to have the person There's no thought of it all, yeah. the one telling uh, or leading the direction of mm -hmm. what they came up with. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be the, the best way exactly. to do it. While we're still early in this episode, and this seems like the perfect segue into this conversation, we did want to not gloss over and make sure we mention the WGA writer strike and the SAG after strike mm -hmm. that's going on right now, yeah. uh, making sure that we mention that um, we stand in solidarity with everything we're doing, totally support their message. Yeah. Um, We've gone over just to make sure that we're not doing anything uh, inappropriate in this time. Um, and from everything we can tell, it seems like the thing that the strike members are asking for is to not do work that promotes studios, not to do work for studios, not to take the work of uh, striking actors or writers, and none of which we're doing. Um, we're not doing paid promotion for this movie. Um, we're not even big enough to refuse paid promotion at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. But um, We don't get money at all from this. <laughs> but, I mean, Kaylee's a writer. Um, we would love to make a movie or a short film someday. So we definitely appreciate these communities. And I wanted to take a moment to, because one of the big things they said too is to, uh, a way to help us to acknowledge it. So just to mm -hmm. talk about it at all. So bringing it up is uh, the first kind of step. And I wanted to make sure that we stated that we stand in solidarity with everything they represent. Yes. I think that people should be paid what yeah. they owed in any profession. Um, they should be paid a living wage and people should be able to survive on work, especially when that work is making millions upon billions of dollars for an industry or uh, individuals at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pay your writers, pay your actors. Like yeah. they're not even asking for that much. Like calm yeah. down. It's a wild assertion that like me, that statement that I just said would be like radical in any way. Like people should be able to deserve to eat when they're earning millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the amount of work writers and actors do for, you know, the, the pay that they're not getting compared to the, the money that the movies are making. It's, it's insane. Like, record, record profits and like comparative percentage wise record lows for pay. It's mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like it's only gotten worse recently mm -hmm. too, because of the like high demand of these streaming platforms, Yes, you know, like overworking, especially the writers yeah. and definitely underpaying them. And then mm -hmm. not even to mention all of the stuff with AI and blue collar actors. I mean, they can't make a living. That's so with the lack of payment yeah. residuals. I saw mm -hmm. one one individual. He plays the devil, I believe, on uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, saying that they used his likeness, a picture of him in a poster that went on like a major highway, and mm -hmm. you didn't get paid a cent for that. They just own the rights to your at your likeness in a way. Yeah, that's unfair. That should not be that way at yeah. all. Um, definitely not. That's that's got to change. <laughs> <laughs> Hope, but in hoping that that changes, we, we're going to move forward, continue to talk about Barbie, because a lot of people put 
their heart and soul and a lot of effort into this movie, writers and actors included. And I'm sure that they do want people to watch it and to appreciate it, all the hard work that they put into it, despite everything that's going on. I'm not going to, I don't want to speak for them, but I've heard people say that um, they're not yet calling for like a boycott of mm-hmm. right, going to the movies, basically. So. Yeah. With that said, Andrew, Kaylee, what did you think of Barbie? You want to go first? Sure. Uh, I thought Barbie was a really fun movie. I came in with relatively low expectations, mostly because I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailers really didn't give like much. Um, I didn't watch them like very like very much. Um, I saw them and then that was it. Um, but after watching the movie, I was like, I was I was very surprised how like emotional it kind of it felt at times. And then it was very much like, you know what what you would expect a Barbie movie to be, it it was that, but it was done very, very well. And in a way that was really enjoyable throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I actually think that the movie really surprised me because I agree. I didn't have much of an idea what was going to happen from the trailer. I kind of took a lot out of that line that Will Ferrell said, we we want you, Barbie. We're not really interested in Ken. And I thought the plot was going to be more focused on on that. Um, But it was even more meta than I expected and, and crossing over from the real world in Barbie land and it really surprised me in a lot of ways, but I think all in good ways. Cause I absolutely love the movie. Yeah. Kind of similar to Kaylee when she was talking about how she didn't really know what to expect from this movie. That's kind of where I sat. I don't think I saw the full trailer. Um, I definitely saw all of their marketing stuff, you know, like it was all over social media. Like they marketed this movie, I think really well, like it's been mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, I mean, who's had better marketing this year? I mean, Mission Impossible is close with yeah. all the stunt work they show, but I feel yeah. like Barbie has had the best. Barbie's yeah, best I, I, I would say so as well. All you have to do is stick pink on a poster. Just pink. Everyone, yes. Everyone's showing up wearing pink. The fact that everybody knows that. Like everybody is on brand with... The, and, and it's crazy because this movie's poking fun at itself and making jokes about like consumerism and capitalism and at the same time feeding it. So it's like, <laughs> it's ultra meta and it's this movie is very ironic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I found myself laughing throughout the whole movie. I felt like I was encapsulated in this environment, you know, like yeah. it felt like we were actually in Barbie land. Mm-hmm. The set design looked amazing, which we did little predictions of like how we thought the ratings would be for each of our categories. And I said a five out of five for set design and I would agree with that after actually watching the full movie. I know we're kind of jumping ahead there, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie as well. All right. Well, let's go on to our next stage because I, I just wanted to volley off you, but I'm going to save some of this conversation for when we do our personal ratings. Yeah, sounds good. So a movie summary. Um, this movie kind of follows the theme of uh, some other movies that you might recognize that we'll kind of touch on where we see the parallels. But basically, Barbie's living in this, is it Barbie Land? Is that what they called it? Barbie Land. And somehow the connection between Barbie Land and the real world got broken or or messed up in some way to where she started feeling emotions and her feet went flat instead of being arched up like she's in heels and she felt like something was wrong. And then she ends up taking this journey to the real world to find the person that she is connected with. And then what would you say, like, they're trying, what are they trying to overcome from there? Well, she's trying, like you said, she's trying to repair basically what they call a tear in the time-space continuum. So she's trying to fix Barbie land and then 
I don't think there's ever really a focus on fixing the real world, but yeah. that then there she's overcoming the realization of the. It, it's like a story of like kind of finding yourself in a way, finding yourself and accepting some of the imperfections of yourself, right. others, the world, like flat feet and cellulite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the patriarchy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, th the three terrible things. <laughs> yeah. of in that order <laughs> um okay the this movie obviously came out in 2023 it's rated pg-13 it's an hour and 54 minutes long which i feel like it went by pretty quick i mean it's not the longest movie ever but mm -hmm. i f feel like we were there for 30 minutes you know it and was we a just, well-paced yeah. movie we also just came out of seeing a three-hour movie before that so yeah. it was a hard task to not seem long right exactly yeah i didn't feel like i was been sitting in the theater for five hours which we had been at that point um imdb currently has it at a 7.7 .7 out of 10 rotten tomatoes for the critics have it at a 90 percent with 271 reviews and then the audience score has it at an 89 percent with a thousand plus uh, scores so both have it pretty high. I think the IMDb rating is too low, in my opinion. Too low? Yeah. Okay. Well, 7.7. Let's, let's, let's dive into our ratings then. So we break our categories up into, or we break our ratings up into six categories, starting with story. This category is out of 10. Who wants to go first? Should we throw it? Let's, let's throw it on to Andrew. Oh yeah, I want to I want to throw it on Andrew. Let's let's give Kaylee uh, time to kind of see how we go with the ratings here. Andrew's like, no no no, we're just gonna throw Kaylee into the fire. Yeah, I'm trying to give the guest a chance, but I'm more than happy to say that I rated this movie story as a nine out of ten, very high. And my my reasoning for rating it a nine out of ten is because I think that it was totally unexpected and it also had a real world message. I love when movies apply to the real world. And I think that they approached the, the, the meta and the irony in a really appropriate way that didn't, that despite how like, for lack of a better word, extra it was, it did not feel like superfluous or over the top or ostentatious. Like it was perfect. It was perfectly over the top it just it really worked for me and a lot of times that stuff doesn't and my we'll go home and my fiance is telling me it's camp you don't understand that you just didn't understand it but i feel like i was on board for this ride in an unexpected way with how just how much it was okay that sounds fair um i did not have it rated as high as you for the story i had it at a 6.5 out of 10 and I think it's more so just kind of the style of movie is just not my typical cup of tea. It's a little bit cheesy. Um, but like you said, Andrew, I think they did that really well. You know, like they were over the top, but it was like the right amount, you know, but it just doesn't, I don't know, it's not my typical type of movie or story, if yeah. that makes sense. I liked how goofy it was. Yeah. It, I was definitely laughing at a bunch of parts throughout, you know, like Kaylee and I were bumping <laughs> each other on the arms. Like, did you see that? That was crazy. Man, I yeah. I was like rocking back and forth in my seat yeah. laughing at some points. I was dying, covering my face, like yeah. stifling my laughter. Definitely. Yeah. It was a little cringy at times, but like mm -hmm. it kind of made it funny because of it. No, you know? I thought that anything that was cringy was so obviously on purpose that it worked. And that mm -hmm. personally, that is not always how I feel. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like cringy on purpose is just cringy, but whatever reason, like it just felt like Barbie land was Barbie land and that made everything. Okay. See, I guess I, they I, captured that work that so well. I'll let you go. 
I, I think the reason that worked out so well, and one of you mentioned this before, is because the, the movie's kind of like, they're self-aware. Right. They wrote it to be self-aware, and they, they know that they're making, you know, all these jokes. They know that Barbie Land is outlandish, and that even Barbie and Ken in the real world were outlandish, and the, yeah. just the whole thing. Like, the, the execs in the in the movie acted like Barbie, like Ken's in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, they, they knew that, and they kind of, they took that, and just ran with it. And everything inside of the Mattel Corporation building was almost like Barbie Land as well. It was like mm -hmm. a microcosm of the Barbie Land world, but in reality, mm -hmm. where these people were, you know, their cubicles make no sense. They completely lock them in. Um, they're, <laughs> it's like to show you that they're like trapped in this corporate world. And then like the, the way that they go upstairs and the CEOs are everybody on the board is all men and they're yeah. talking about how they're like trying to make women feel empowered, like in a conference room full of men. It's, I mean, and then the, the heart shaped table in that room, I just feel like everything was so like, it, it was incredibly self-aware, like you said, especially in them coming to the real world and everybody laughing at them and who would dress like that. Like these aren't like, they're not wearing normal clothes. They're caricatures of concepts, but they look so good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Why can't we wear stuff like that? <laughs> and, and the story is like, while we're on story, I, I want to hear, I want to hear your score. Okay. Um, so I had this story, I'm kind of going between a seven and a 7.5. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but coming from the perspective of someone who writes stories, um, I know they kind of kept it within, you know, the same realm and the same kind of like theme from the beginning was present throughout the rest of the film. But the transition from going from that initial plot of like Elf the movie of her getting out of Barbie land, trying to find somebody to fix something, mm -hmm. then becoming Ken, turning everything into like the patriarchy felt like a weird shift it was a fast shift yeah it yeah. felt like because it felt like they did everything smooth and it was a smooth transition but at the same time it was like that's a really like fast and like short setup yeah for to bring in these two characters from the real world to barbie land to stop ken's whole deal with you know what's going on in barbie land and then they're leaving but then they're not leaving and it's i don't know it, it was it 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 was fun, that's why I have it so high, but it mm -hmm. was kind of choppy for but me. I think that Kev, that Ken coming back to the real world with like pieces of the real world, bringing that with him, was a continuation of the problem of the rift in between the worlds. Mm -hmm. so that's how I saw it, was like the rift opened up, started with Barbie feeling like these ominous feelings that aren't supposed to exist in perfect Barbie land, and then he brought with him more of the real world's mm -hmm. trouble, the patriarchy, the, yeah. you know, and all, all these showing like alcoholism consumerism con capitalism like the you know basically like the americanization of barbie land i felt like it was like a continuization uh continual continual you know what <laughs> continualization is what i'm saying yeah, and i felt yeah. I it felt just like, kept going I, I felt i felt like it was a continuation of yeah, the yeah. the theme that they started with that was an Aaronism. I, I see your perspective too but <laughs> you said it was an Aaronism. <laughs> i said that <laughs> i I think you're I think you're completely right. Where I'm coming from is it just went really fast. Yeah. And it was speed. it was kind of it was a really weird turnaround going from that beginning like cause that it was it was present from the beginning to the end what you started with. But the way that it turned around and you kinda like the I had the the just thought in my head, partially because I watched the Craven trailer yesterday, was that <laughs> 
Villains aren't born, they're made. So we kind of see how Ken becomes a villain. He's made into a villain. But it just, for me, it happened really fast. I 100% mm-hmm. agree with you, though. I think the plot was, it was smooth and it was it was present in the same the whole time. But It's just how it was executed. Yeah. I really like the themes of, like, feminism and empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the themes are things that, like, really had me, like, deeply thinking. Because mm-hmm. it's the concept of the perspective from Barbie land of being a world where the tens or the men feel similarly to how women feel in their everyday life. And I feel like it's, I always, I feel like movies are obviously very powerful, but I feel like when Barbie came into the real world and Ken starting to feel the empowerment of recognizing that the world is driven and led by men in the real world and feeling like bolstered by that, it was like the first time in a way that I started to kind of, they put it into like a perspective that I could understand. You started more. to feel your power. Yeah. <laughs> I just went yeah, super, like, super sad. Conquer the world. I, there was a girl sitting next to me. I pushed her out of her seat and put my feet up on her seat. No, but I feel like that's that's the first time for me because I I try to like think of myself as like a forward thinking person or like open to a lot of concepts. I really like believe in equality and like to think that I'm something I value really strongly. But I feel like they just, you know, when like a a teacher is trying to convey something to you and they just put it in just that right, perfect way where you can go, oh, Oh, now I understand that. And I feel like they did a really good job of putting men in the shoes of women and the world they live in every day. Whereas a lot of average people, and I'm not even saying that like I thought this way about it, because this is kind of a, you know, far end of the spectrum answer. But a lot of people could be like, why, like, why do you feel not empowered? Like there's been... Uh, you know, females doing this and females doing that. Like, yeah. why do you, there's when, one female doctor? There's yeah. one of them over yeah. here. Have, there's <laughs> one of them over there. But, but see, women can do it. But, but they have a line in this movie where it's like tens can strive to one day feel the um, the autonomy and the freedom that women have in yeah. the real world. And it's like we you laugh at it because it you and you get like why it's funny is because women don't aren't truly equal yet. Yeah. Like it's a journey that we're on as yeah. a society. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought this movie, like that it could flip that kind of, and <laughs> I feel like I'm making it sound like this movie made me think about women as equals for the first time, but <laughs> I'm talking about flipping the light. Truth. He's what, been enlightened. Uh, what <laughs> the first time ever. What, I, what I'm talking about is this movie flipping the light in my head of like giving me a better perspective on how an it shows you different gender feels. It shows you how ridiculous it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like a crazy thing that it's never, I feel like it's just a never been put to me in the, in those words before, you know, yeah. that the movie conveyed an interesting feeling. Yeah. spark it's cool it was it was kind of it was weird seeing it on screen and seeing like everything that like i think and feel internally put up and it's like you see that like it, it's an actual plot in this movie that they're having to deal with like um because like okay example i'm a female trying to go into a film industry like that's insane the film industry is a it's not a nice place for women to go and so, like, it was a little, like, uncomfortable, but it was also, like, man, I wonder what everyone around me is thinking watching this. Yeah. It's, like, I'm, I'm, like, are they overdoing it? Or is, like, do, is this, like, for real? Are they going to get it? Or is this going to feel like, oh, it's too feminist? I had, the exact, I had the exact same thought, and I was watching it, like, there are going to be people so quickly, so loud, and so immediately that are going to say, 
oh, this movie is hyper-feminist and it's anti-men and this, and I, I really feel like when you have like a disenfranchised community that you need to like let them have their voice and this movie I don't think is at the expense of men. It's like, mm -mm. it's having a good time with the themes it's displaying, but it's also displaying very real, mm -hmm. powerful and appropriate themes and like, I didn't, I, I'm just, it's so sucky to think that that 7.7 .7 score that I said was too low is potentially a result of people's gut reaction to that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, to a really good movie. Go ahead. No, you. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I Men heard... first. <laughs> <laughs> I offered, okay. <laughs> um, I heard a review or a first reaction to Barbie like secondhand. So someone watched a video, told me about it. And they were saying um, that it was like too much, that it like went too far, you know, but kind of like what you're saying, like, I, I don't think it was, I think they made it seem ridiculous, but the fact that it's real is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like the fact that women had to fight to work, to fight, to, to vote, you know, like mm -hmm. that 90 per 95% of directors are male, you know, like, that stuff is real and that's ridiculous. Yeah, there was a quote. You know, and, and just because this movie is hyper funny or cheesy or whatever, like, mm -hmm. that's how it really is. Like, you know, and, and like you said, I don't think they drew guys and at the expense of guys, you know, like, I, I, I can see people maybe hating how maybe feminine some of the guys were, you know, like singing and dancing and all that stuff. But like, you mean you can expect people to feel that way, not that you agree with them. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just want to clarify that. Yes. Thank you. Uh, um, but like Barbie and all or all of the Barbies, they were all over the top as well. You yeah. know, like it wasn't just exactly. like the, the women were in reality and the men were the crazy ones, you know, like they were both the same, but dealing with the reversed problems. And people yeah. and just their walk down the street when dealing with like the cat calling, the construction workers, people are going to say that's unrealistic, but you can watch videos on YouTube of there's a video. I think it's titled. <laughs> just look at her reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, there's a video. I think it's titled like woman walking down the street in New York. I know exactly and what and it's literally about. just like 15 straight minutes of cat calling inappropriate comments like she yeah. can't even walk down the street like she lives there and it, that that's going to be called like cartoonish and over the top and it's not like yeah. this the themes well, aren't either there's a what, what i was thinking about when you talked about being a, a woman in, in the industry was uh there's an interview with margot robbie and ryan gosling where margot says that um she felt like there had to be a lot of faith in the person playing ken because they had to star in this movie but be directed by a woman and she thinks that a lot of Man in Hollywood might, she, I don't think she necessarily said a lot. I think she changed it to some, like some men might have a problem with being directed by a woman. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? You've got this brilliant director who is, who, I mean, Lady Bird and Little Women are, are stunning movies. They're brilliantly directed. And people would kill to work with Chris Nolan or Martin Scorsese. People should feel the same way about an accomplished female director. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even on like, our scale here like Kaylee's a much better writer than me and we've worked on projects yes, together too. and stuff so like I would be stupid not to listen to her suggestions when we're doing a production or something you know like just because she's a girl like her opinions are wrong like that's crazy thanks <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome and thanks for all your help <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also something to be said about like if guys were you know if people are to say that like this movie, you know, says something bad about guys. 
the end of the film is about guys finding their name too. It's about mm-hmm. like empowering the guys of Barbie Land, even though it says that funny that line about may, one day the Kens of Barbie Land will find the same power that women have in the real world. But like you know, before we hit that line, there was like the guys okay finding who we really are. And then that kind of like empowerment outside of a patriarchal system. Yeah, learning that he's more than a girlfriend or more like you're more than your connections. You're more than your property or what you own. You're more than your house, your car, your job. He's more than beach. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's true. And yeah. and you know, you're more than your girlfriend, wife, or you're. It's about. It is a lot about self discovery, like you said earlier. So I think the plot is really special. We've been going. I I want to talk even more, but we've. Mm-hmm. thoroughly covered plot for now we can move on to acting so this silly little movie quote-unquote is inspiring this like in-depth conversation you know and i think that's like what this is all about you know so that's really cool but we're going to move on to our acting category so this is the performance that we saw on camera this is out of 10 points as well ladies first kaylee um so initially i had it at a nine but i gave it an extra 0.5 um, oh, sure. 9.5. Yeah, All right. I think everyone did a really good job. And you made a good point about like guys being able to, you know, be directed by a female director. Um, and I think um, like Ryan Gosling's ability to play Ken and to, you know, make him a villain, but at the same time, a villain that's like relatable and who can come back from that. And like, um margot robbie as barbie was completely like absolutely perfect there was there was like i don't think there was anything wrong with her i never think there's anything wrong with her performances i love her as an actress but she just hit this out of the ballpark and um i think kind of everyone that they had even the funny little side you know roles of like john cena and dua lipa popping up as little mermaids um i thought like they they just did a great job and it was fun and when there was like acting to be had whether it was over the top or whether it was like a really serious moment i think that everyone kind of played their role really well um regardless of like who the character was and yeah, no i i totally agree i i ended up giving it a little bit of a lower score than you but still an incredibly high score of an eight out of ten mm-hmm. and the reason being that i feel like like you said Margot really put this movie on her back she her acting was phenomenal and i would put her casting as barbie up there in the upper echelon of all timers like the, the pitch-perfect casting of Margot as Robbie is up there with, you know, RDJ as Iron Man and, like, yeah. all these other performances where you couldn't imagine anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's... I, I, I think that it's going to go down as one for the books, I feel like. But mm-hmm. then everyone else, I feel like, had purposefully a lot of overacting to do. Overacting is something that Will Ferrell excels at, and so he was freaking hilarious. Another one that was, like such a good fit for his role. I think Simu Liu was amazing in this movie. Um, and then everybody else, Issa Rae, all, uh, a bunch of the Barbies and Kens. Um, I think that they did a really, really good job, but overacting, even though on purpose, still got to call it like it is, it's overacting. It's not as challenging. So I think that Ryan Gosling was really good. It's challenging but, in a different way. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you could say that. You could use that to change... Switch around anything. Yeah, I mean, it's still McDonald's is delicious in a different way. Overacting is still acting, especially if the type of movie calls for it. Yeah. Because then that's just acting. And they they really made it, it it was overacting, but at the same time, they did it in such a way that it wasn't overacting, like, in the movie. It was, it fit exactly. Exactly. Like, everyone is doing the same kind of 
mm-hmm. overacting to where it wasn't like, oh, that one person, they're like, they're going too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, it, it definitely took two points off for me regardless. <laughs> and that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. I have it at an 8 out of 10 as well. Um, I think I was convinced of everyone's character 100%. Um, Especially Margot. Yeah. I mean, I said in our predictions that, like, I can't see anyone else as that classic Barbie or a stereotypical Barbie (laughs) than her. Like, she seems to, or she fits that role, like, perfectly. You know, like, in her predictions, it was like, this is her. This is Barbie. And she sold every moment, every goofy moment, every, like, the, the spawning of emotions for the first time in a lifetime, like yeah. the sadness, you know, anguish. I feel like she sold all of it so the, well. The opening uh, sequence where she's like getting up out of bed, she's like drinking <laughs> nothing out of a cup. When she's sliding down the slide, like her legs are perfectly straight. She's sitting up super tall. Physical like, acting is incredible. She was, she was very stiff with her movements. Like when she sat down on the ground, and she was all sad, and then she fell over. Oh, well, when she rolled, when she's all depressed. I, yeah. You could hear, like, the plasticky sound. Oh, they added? No, yeah, yeah. I, did. I did, yeah. Um, I, but, and then I, I was, sorry, no. go ahead. Okay. Um, what's his name? Uh, Simu Liu. He was probably my favorite outside of, like, the, the main two cast. Like, he was my favorite, like, supporting actor, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mine would I be thought, definitely Will Ferrell. I th- I thought he like so knocked Ken out of the park, you know. Like he, I thought he did Ken so well. Um, I was excited every single time he was on screen. I was like, this guy is fantastic. I think the interactions between him and Ryan Gosling's Ken worked really well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that stood out to me, kind of just going back to Margot, just a little bit, kind of when you guys were talking about her showing her emotions for the first time. Um, something that really stuck out to to me was when they were dancing right after she said do you guys ever think about death and then she was like i'm dying to start dancing again and they started dancing and they were in that circle you could see that barbie was having like she was trying to get back into that happiness but you could see yeah. on margo's the face internal conflict like, yeah just, there was the the whole like she couldn't get all the way back into that and you felt that yeah from Barbie. I was I was thinking about the same thing during yeah. those dance sequences, especially yeah. in the beginning, mm-hmm. how they were still like acting through the dance. Mm-hmm. Like that's really hard. Yeah. I think that you was, know? I think yeah. that was displayed really well when she goes to sleep and she says, I'm not thinking about death as much anymore. And she closes her eyes and then she opens them back up with like kind of this grimace of the mistruth. But speaking of the dancing scene, I think that's a perfect segue into our next category, which mm-hmm. is cinematography. And we rate on a scale of one to 10 um, for cinematography. I ended up giving this movie a nine. And I think Jeez. that I this think this is like your highest score ever for a movie. I, so is this your favorite movie of all time? The, now? Cin- the cinematography. I really like when there's a theme and the, the, the color theme of this movie was pink and mm-hmm. they, I like when they go all in and this movie yeah. didn't half ass it. You could see You could tell from any instant in a shot, whether you're in Barbie land or the real world because of the cinematography, the composition of the shots, they really made use of like, all these amazing props, filling up the scenes with color, vibrancy in Barbie land, and then the more muted tones of the real world, the more like mechanical, industrial, urbanization of the real world versus Barbie land, which was very fantastical and dreamlike. And it's I, I took away that one point for missing my favorite camera element, which I didn't see any really amazing moments of camera movement other than the upside down shots with them as they're arcing over with the flipped car, which I really, really enjoyed those shots both times that they did it. But other than that, I thought there wasn't as much incredible camera moment, but I did really like the, the, uh, 
the length of shots, especially during the dance sequence. You could tell that the actual actors were always performing these dances themselves. Mm -hmm. You could tell that they memorized the choreography and you could tell that they were perfectly in time and in tune with each other. Like when they were doing the claps along to, is that, that's the, the Dua, Dua Lipa, Lipa song? song? Yeah. yeah. When they're doing the claps along to the Dua Lipa song, like, but like you said, Gosling's also acting, showing his like disdain for the other Ken and his jealousy over Barbie. Like he's, you can read that on his face while incorporated with the dance number because they're holding the shots for a long time and staying on them, these wide shots that show the whole group. Like it takes a lot to do all that in camera to synchronize all that with all these different people. And I'm sure that it was a huge ordeal for them to film that sequence. Yeah, definitely. I have cinematography at a seven out of 10. Um, all the things that I liked is exactly what you just said. You know, the, the dance choreography and how they were able to capture that. They had a lot of wide shots, which really showed us that these actors are actually doing the dance and acting, which we've already said, <laughs> that's really hard. <laughs> like, I can't dance and I can't act. So like to do them both at the same time, like, congrats. Like, that was awesome. Um, but kind of like what you said, but docking off one point, like I didn't see a lot of like, highly technical uh shots you know with like a lot of movement or whatnot um i did really like the shot where she was like uh pretend being picked up off of the dollhouse and placed into her car like i thought that was really smooth um but kind of other than that there wasn't a ton of like shots that like i stopped and was like oh that was a really cool shot how did they do that kind of thing but they it wasn't bad to where it took me out of the movie at any point so mm -hmm. that's why i landed at a seven out of ten kaylee where did you rank the cinematography um i also had it at a seven out of ten okay um kind of similar to what you said um nothing really stood out to me so like i've mentioned i've been you know i've worked on a number of films and in doing that <laughs> In doing that, you know, you're always hyper aware of the shots and the camera yeah. work that you do. And so generally when I watch a movie, um, my brain, you know, I'm always, I'm thinking about it anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and I was watching this movie and I was at some point toward the end of the film, I was just struck with, this is like simple camera work. Yeah. Um, it but was, it's done really it well. It was done really well. That's not to say yeah. it wasn't. Like this, is, I mean, it's Hollywood level simple camera work. Exactly. Um, and like as I said, you know, towards the beginning of the episode, I a lot of the films that I love and really look up to, in part, is because of the cinematography and the camera work yeah. and just kind of the ingenuity of it. And Barbie, I think its strength wasn't necessarily the cinematography. But it think, was done well, which is why it's Yeah, done. and I think it's kind of on purpose, too, mm -hmm. right? Like, this crazy cinematography, like, didn't get in the way exactly. of anything. They, they wanted it, to they, highlight other they parts They told the, the story the way that they needed to. Exactly. Why are you shaking your head over there? Because I don't agree with that. Like, there, I don't think you should ever say, like, oh, do your cinematography less good so it doesn't get in the way of the story. But I also don't agree I with you. I didn't say do it less good. I, they, they didn't do it you less good. You said just simple. I don't, think don't. Doing, I don't think doing it simple or taking the easy road is the way to go to make it to focus more on the story. I think you can do both. But I think I'd also disagree with you both. I think the cinematography was really incredible. I think that Rodrigo Prieto and 
and Greta Gerwig are really masterful when it comes to close-up shots and um, and insert shots, and they use them so phenomenally and so effectively. Even like looking at Lady Bird, like the shots of where she she writes the name of her crushes on her wall in this little tiny ink, and then going to the end of the movie where that she's now painting over it and moving on from her past. Like they use it effectively, they use it emotionally, and they use it in a like a way that is like cognitively like very very affecting and very connected to, yeah. at least to, to me like the the close-up shots of her feet as she's stepping out of her shoes like it's funny because she steps out and her feet are still in the same stance but it's indicative of like foreshadowing and it shows that like the material nature of her as a toy and it connects to the future of the movie yeah. and then the close-up there's such an amazing beautiful shot of the close-up of her eye when she sheds a tear in the third act of the movie like i just feel like I feel like a powerful reaction to the close-up shots and the way that the mm. the cinematographer and director in this relationship like use them in their movies. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with you with a number of the close-ups like the feet, you know, that's that that's something that stuck like has stood out to literally everyone who's watched it. Margot Robbie has said Margot Robbie said like thank you guys for like I'm flattered that people really like my feet and you know why that is because of that shot and the flat feet thing. Um and as well, like uh, a shot that really stood out to me, the eye one as well. But when her and Ruth at the end were holding hands, but particularly when Ruth backed away, I I had the conscious thought of, wow, that's a beautiful shot. Yeah, well, and the... like so, there are really good shots that are in there. But overall, to me, it was it was simple, and that's not saying that they didn't try on the cinematography, because like in the in the one scene where. The, the mom was talking and kind of giving her speech to the small group of Barbies, the number of cuts in there, like I was very conscious of how many different shots they had at mm -hmm. how many different angles. Like I, I'm, I'm hyper aware of that kind of stuff when I'm watching a film. Yeah. And so like they had it and they really thought about it. And I agree with you that they really put a lot of thought into it, but I don't think they were trying to highlight the cinematography in a way that like Nolan or Spielberg or Scorsese that might not be the right name, try to do. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's just, there's so many different elements to cinematography beyond like advanced camera tricks. And, you know, you can take dot like push-ins and dolly zooms and all this stuff that, but I think that this movie really excelled in some of the other, maybe not as noteworthy or obvious elements of cinematography. And like, it, when Greta Gerwig makes a movie, I feel like it's like a filmmaker's movie. Like it's like a movie for movie makers, like for filmmakers. So I, I was surprised that you put it at like a seven out of 10. I, I feel like Barbie was less of a filmmaker's movie and more mm. of like um, an intellectual's movie and more of like it was that it's kind of a, a thinking movie. And the visuals were more of the set design. In the character design. I was just going to bring that up. But it's the cinematography's job to show that stuff, you know, to highlight it, to, to accentuate it. it. Yeah. I, think, I think that, I think it, it, there's the fine line between the cinematography showcasing it and the work they put in to create like it. Like there's, there's obviously a lot that goes into cinematography, especially for our mm -hmm. broad rating purposes, right? We have the mm -hmm. camera movement, the composition, uh, the color design. Uh, and grade and then we also have editing so like there's a lot to consider there mm -hmm. but there was nothing there that like really stood out or like 
to me, overly enhanced the experience of watching the movie. That's fair. Well, also to touch on, before I forget, the scene you mentioned with Ruth when they're touching hands. There's two instances of them touching hands in the movie. And the shots are... uh, they're representative of the Sistine Chapel, of the creator and the created. And that's like the symbolism behind those shots, which I thought was like a really cool thought piece for them to add in. And I feel like there's multiple layers of this where they're in this movie where the shots line up with the real world. Like when you have the weird Barbie holding each shoe, symbolic of the red and blue pill in the Matrix, like this like when I say like it's a filmmaker's movie, it's like there's so many references to media, to film, literature. This movie being that's meta is story. also hyper rare. Yeah. The world. that's the story. That's the story. I think and presenting two options mm-hmm. is not cinematography. That's the story. Yeah, I think that also goes into like this movie is reminiscent of Elf. It's reminiscent of Free Guy. It kind of pulls in ideas that you see there. I mean, like Elf leaving the North Pole was this whole journey, right? And Barbie leaving Barbie Land was this whole journey that was like. You know, it was kind of like just plucking that that callback and putting it in the movie. And I thought it was really funny that Will Ferrell was in it because of <laughs> that correlation. Yeah. I just don't see how you guys can untangle story from cinematography so easily. Because the nature of the, the distance they took with the shot, the angle they took with the shot, the fact that she's holding, filling up the screen, holding one shoe in one hand and one, a completely different shoe what in are, the other. It's what all are, what... Well, I'm finishing a sentence. It's all what makes, what makes you reminisce on the matrix because it's the same angle and shot and length that they took when they filmed that scene with Lawrence Fishburne's character in the matrix. I, I would just like to say I, the way I do it is just because I've written a lot of films and I've also been the DP for a number of projects. Um, like I know you do camera work. Do you do camera work? Not so no. much. Not as so much. It's, it's, I think for me, it's <laughs> if he's working with me on something, <laughs> yes. I think for me, it's just because I've had so much experience doing that, that like, that's what I've been trained in. Like, that's what I've learned to do. That's the reason that I can do it. And I can look at it and be like, I, I just point things out and that's yeah. how. They, they did their job really well, but they didn't mm-hmm. do anything that was hyperly like inventive, mm-hmm. you know, like, which... I, I feel like me and Kaylee giving it a 7 out of 10 is not dissing the cinematography like you're acting like we are. But it's not on the same level as, for me at least, like the Batman. I'm just not or a... Uh, Dune I'm, or... I'm not, I'm not so... Uh, Blade Runner yeah. or, you know, like, yeah. for yeah. me, those... Well, Blade Runner's a 10. Yeah. I, I, but I'm not so... I'd say it's really high up there, yeah. Like, and that's... That's kind of like what I'm imagining when I give a 10 or 9 yeah. for cinematography, you know, is like... I'm not so much disagreeing with your score, though, as the, what I want to say before you continue to talk about the score. I'm disagreeing with your reasoning. But we can move on to uh, our next category. Okay. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, sound design, again, out of 10 points. Kaylee, let's start with you. Um... So I would just like to preface this with I'm not the best with sound. Well, so before you go on, (laughs) I want to tell you what our sound category like actually includes. So this is pretty much everything that you would hear. So Mm -hmm. it's including the score. It's including the soundtrack. And then you also have like all the Foley work, you know, like the sound effects and and everything else that kind of goes into the audio version of the viewing experience. You know, like in the film industry, Mm -hmm. a lot of people say that the audio and the sound is half of the viewing experience, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're taking in 
consideration, all of that, even the dialogue too, at certain points, like if, if you can't hear what they're saying, like that could be poor sound design. Can I give like decimals that aren't a five or a zero? Or yeah, should you, I... okay, you do whatever perfect. you want. I'm happy with my score then. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is um, your world. We're just living in it. <laughs> um, then the score for sound design for me would be like an 8.7. Okay. Um, it's like an almost nine, but it's not an eight. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, when we were talking about Barbie, you know, as she was changing from Barbie Barbie to more human Barbie, when, you know, like she sits down and like falls over, you know, you, he you hear the plasticky sound of it. Um, I think they do a good job of just adding those small details here and there to make it feel like, you know, Barbie world. Um, and then part of the reason I also have it so high is just because the soundtrack and like what they, what they did there is brilliant. All of the songs fit. They go with the story. I mean, Lizzo's song basically tells the story at the <laughs> beginning of the movie yeah. and then Dua Lipa's song. That's, that's like, that's the most Barbie song that you could have for a Barbie movie as, apart from like the original Barbie song. Yeah, um, I was expecting that to show up at some point in the they movie. Put, they put it legality. In, the, in, the, in the credits, but... Um, you say legality? What do yeah, you mean? To have the actual song, and like mm -hmm. they didn't have the rights to do it, but they were mm -hmm. able to have some of the lyrics in there because yeah. it was a under the parody law. Yeah. They, that's that's a fact? Pretty sure. I, it's just yeah. weird because Mattel was the production company on the movie, like when it opened with Mattel. But they don't own the song. Yeah. Who owns the song? I don't know whoever made the song. We'll That's strange. I didn't. I didn't know that they didn't own their <laughs> song. Yeah, someone else made the song. Another thing for me, part of the reason that cinematography wasn't so high is because I felt that moments that would be high in cinematography, um, looking back at it, I thought that the sound design was actually part of the reason some of those shots were really, really good. So like Ken looking around in the patriarchal whatever business world, I think part of the reason that did so well is because they had really good sound design, sound effects going along with each transition and everything that he saw. There was a lot of good, there was like the the speaking of that that you kind of heard in the background that was kind of, you know, it was that it was that small little like devil on your shoulder type of voiceover that was going in your ear and kind of like staying there and you could just feel that and see it, you know, in Ken. And so to hear all of that coming together um, to make those shots. And then there was a lot of that with like Barbie and Barbie world and even outside of Barbie world. Um, I think they just they did a great job with the really subtle stuff and then the stuff that made so much of it just like come together really clean yeah like you referenced earlier like when she was falling over mm -hmm. you could hear like the, the plastic <laughs> as she was moving like uh their fully work their sound effects like mm -hmm. really brought you into the environment of this plastic world yeah and I then mean, the suction cup as he gets shot with the yeah. suction arrow and yeah. all the sound effects of the beach fight the reason and then at the beginning of the of the film the reason i realized the beach was plastic was not because i saw the sand it was because i heard the plastic under her feet when she stepped yeah. on the sand i was like oh or when that's like, different that's still plastic uh, yeah or, or when he bounced off the wave yeah <laughs> that was so funny yeah so like all of those, all of those small details, you know, they just kind of filter in and it gives you so much more information and it brings you so much further into the film. So I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Andrew, would you have this at 10 out of 10? I gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Fuck you both. <laughs> 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 
I'm gonna keep Andrew gets really defensive when you don't like something as much as he does. Facts. But That's... I still really like it. I'm just not yeah. good at sound design. I, know. So I don't know what constitutes as a nine or ten. I know, but you don't like it as much as him, so you're wrong. So that makes us. So that makes us. You're wrong. Easy. He didn't learn that anything from this movie. I'm gonna be your DM for that one for the D and D session. Shit. So I mean, <laughs> you better watch it. <laughs> I mean, I agree to disagree. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> Um, but I give it 10 out of 10 because everyone, including women, are valued <laughs> to their own opinions, entitled to their own opinions. Honestly, this movie begs the question, should men be entitled to their own opinions? Um, I stole that joke. Um, but the, the sound design is so phenomenal. I usually, I feel like sound design, and I've said this a ton of times on the show, is one of those major things that goes through the categories of um, it's bad so you notice it, it's good so you don't notice it, and it's so good that you notice it again. Yeah, and I feel like this movie was so good I noticed it again in a bunch of moments. I mean, the car sounded incredible when they were having a chase scene, which I did not expect a chase scene in this movie. The sounds of um, all the different like weapons in the beach fight was amazing. I, I, the music was really special to me. The music. I want. I want to touch on why you're wincing at the beach fight, but the music was really. Really, like, I left the theater, like, singing these songs and looked them up on Spotify and played them. Like, the Lizzo and Dua Lipa songs are phenomenal, and I like how they maintained a theme throughout the yeah. whole rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, the Dua Lipa song returning when they get to Mattel, and, like, the songs didn't just disappear when they were gone. They were kept a constant thread, and that double clap theme from the Dua Lipa song just kept coming back. The, like, it, it returned throughout the movie. I love a... I love a through line. <laughs> I would just like to defend that the reason I gave a wince was because you convinced me to make my score a nine instead of an 8.7. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now we're on the same team again. <laughs> so you moved up your score. I moved up my score. You guys are almost convincing me to lower my scores. And I was like, no, don't do it, Andrew. Cinematography would be the only one. Yeah. But like sound design, I feel like you're right on that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like when we get into the categories where it actually is like making the story come mm -hmm. to life mm -hmm. it's really easy to for me anyways to be convinced a little bit more this way or a little bit more that yeah. way based off of like our overall view of the movie and how passionate someone else is towards something yeah. like for the, the sound design like it was incredible mm -hmm. but my first gut reaction was a 7.5 out of 10. this movie also has an original song by the way if that helps your score come up at all the just ken <laughs> song ryan gosling's oh not gosh. he's also so yeah, he's not just singing once but they're also all singing another song yeah. at mm -hmm. the campfire and that song shows up in the movie like three times yeah so it's another theme i will i will say the thing that really stuck out what you said was you mentioned when you noticed the sound because it's so good Mm -hmm. I think that stood out, but I want to know your reasoning and if your number went up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my score at a 7.5. And I think Stubborn. the 7.5 is mainly encapsulating the, the Foley work that we hear. I think that was fantastic. And I know you guys really like the original songs and stuff. For me, I'm not a song guy so like that stuff just doesn't like stick not a with song me. Like I'm not a, I'm not like a, I'm a, not a musical guy. guy. Like lyrics like that they just don't stick with me as long but as like visuals and Didn't stuff you, like feel the like the peppy nature of like the song like i can't literally i do not dance and i'm like can't help move listening to the songs in the movie yeah but it i'm not up like dancing in the aisles or anything for it like it was good do you do that for some movies for some maybe. <laughs> yeah i mean it hasn't happened yet <laughs> Um, For some, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wait to see the Lorax in theaters. I <laughs> never say never. High School Musical got me going. Oh you know? my gosh. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm staying at a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah. But let's uh, let's go on to our next category, which these next two categories, we rate both of them out of five. The next one is set and character design. And I'll go first since I started. The My set and character design is obvious for this movie. It's a five out of five. Um, the second perfect score I've given. And it's just obvious. I'll, I'll let you guys say why because I've talked a lot this episode. Yeah, so I already hinted earlier that I gave it a five out of five yeah. before watching and <laughs> after watching. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this... It was flawless. It it definitely made you feel like you're in this world. Like, if they were gonna make a Barbie movie, this is the only way that it could have looked. <laughs> like, they did everything perfect to like the the set design, or sorry, the character design of like their outfits, how they uh, accessorized in, and all of their houses and how everything looked like it was plastic. You know, and then the food also, in the fridge, the attention to detail. Right. Yeah. It felt like it was just a giant like dollhouse. And then also the the box that she had to get in with the like giant twist ties or whatever. Like that was it was perfect. I love the giant twist ties and I liked how all the building didn't have walls. All right. So Andrew and I gave it a five out of five. Kaylee. Five out of five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's Barbie. It lo- I was I was eating it up in that opening yeah. scene when Barbie was waking up. I was like, oh my gosh, even the background looks plastic. All of it looks like so Barbie. Yeah. And then the milk. Like I was like, is the milk plastic? And then it was. And then she poured <laughs> it and there was nothing. And it was like, this is literally what it's like playing your Barbie. And then it was like, they were, you know, they were describing all of this stuff. Like the reason that she floats down is because Barbie doesn't walk anywhere. <laughs> right. She just, yeah. you just drag her to where you want to be. Helen Mirren on the narration, killing it. But <laughs> the backgrounds were so phenomenal. The mountains, the beach, the Mount Rushmore of Barbies. The and then when they were traveling between the different locations and they're jet skiing and rollerblading and biking, like the actual prop of the tandem bike that had all the members of the board on it. The background with the windmills and all the like floating cartoony. Everything yeah. was toys. It was so in depth, creative, and so much hard work and heart into it. I freaking loved it. I was dying for it. And then my favorite thing was um, them calling out like the actual Barbies. Like the the discontinued ones, the the <laughs> legit ones, they they referenced yeah. everything for like the character design, and it was like, and in the end credits, they're they're showing you what all the actual Barbies were that they based all of these characters on, and it's really funny because I grew up and I had a pregnant Barbie. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. What was her name? Midge. Midge. Oh my god, like that's that. one of the hardest I laughed in the movie when Will Ferrell was like, ah, <laughs> Midge. I thought we discontinued her. <laughs> so good as some parts in the movie i couldn't tell if they were like condemning what they were doing or celebrating what they've done you know like it it was was like yeah it was back and (laughs) forth quite a bit they're acknowledging some of the like hypocrisy of the the world right now that that's the real world and the hypocrisy is even in the movie like it's like fight club it acknowledges capitalism but supports capitalism like there's like a bunch of product placement in fight club and it's purposeful in both movies Mm -hmm. i thought it was really funny when they had the car you could just tell for most of the shots they're like product placement for the car but it was also like this is also a chase scene yeah the same exactly yeah like what was it like a chevy or something (laughs) yeah and then the suburbans was was what they were chasing them in when they were going down the highway it looked like like a car commercial yeah it's way too nice it was the only car that was like colored yeah. Yes, on the exactly, road like exactly. yeah it was pristine like you just said way too always nice. in the middle of the always. screen yeah, yeah. the lower angles uh-huh. yeah, power yeah. for sure yeah. but the 
this movie's set design was crazy, and mm -hmm. I just really like how they would highlight it too. They every outfit change was a highlight, was a focus of that shot. Was like, look at us now, we have a new outfit. We're in. There were so many too. Cowboys when so they many. threw yeah. the outfits out and they would unwrinkle and like <laughs> become like a toy that ad. Like yeah. the movie's a giant ad for Barbie. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it really clever. Is. It's really clever. Mm -hmm. It's. I feel like that line where. He's, Will Ferrell's like, that's a terrible idea. And then the guy's like, it's going to make money. And he's like, let's do it. I love it. That's, yeah. that's, that's like exactly the pitch for the Barbie movie. <laughs> that's the same conversation they had. That's a terrible idea. But people will buy tickets. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> they need to sell everything from this movie. Like, I was so infatuated with the Barbie phone case, with the yes. I am Kenuff jacket. Like... <laughs> Uh, that was so funny. You can tell they stayed on that shot for as long as they did just to make sure you looked down yeah. and read it. You looked it up. Are they actually selling that jacket? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find Man, them selling any of that stuff. What a misstep. Come on now. Andrew would have bought that in a heartbeat. Did you find it? Mm. It's not, not showing up right away. All right. Well, set design and character design is unanimous. Five out of five for all of us across the board. Our last category is rewatchability. This is out of five points. Typically, the way we phrase this one, Kaylee, is if you were to be asked to watch Barbie five times, how many times would you say, yeah, let's watch it? <laughs> so okay. how many times would you watch it? <laughs> three, three times. Three? Yeah. Okay. Three, three out of five. I, I really like it, but it's uh, for me, rewatchability can be really hard to to gauge. And it's also, um, I don't know, Barbie felt like it was really fun. It was really funny. I could enjoy it three times. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, it feels like it would get a little old hearing. Like, I love the music. It was great. But I would get, you know, a little bit kind of done with hearing the music over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And just so. kind of the, the plot and the kind of the... The with me giving it a seven point five out of ten, or like the story a seven point five out of ten, I could only watch that so many times. Yeah, watch for me like watching it the first time. I feel like I got everything that I needed to mm -hmm. from my first viewing. Mm -hmm. um, I have it at a two out of five. Substantially, <laughs> substantially disagree with Aaron. Where are you at? I a five out of five. Who can tell me what movie that's from? What? I disagree strongly. I don't know. Probably some. White male said it. Yep. <laughs> Incredibles 2. He's animated, white man. Um, I give this movie a 4 out of 5. I think 3 out of 5 is a lot more respectable than 2. Um, but this movie is incredible. It's Like you said, it's hilarious. I could, go back, I could go back to laugh. I could go back for the more serious themes. What I always say makes up the perfect movie or a masterpiece is hitting all genres. Like The only thing this movie didn't really hit was a romance, but I am not worried about that because it was completely on purpose. They dodged the romance bullet to not make Barbie just a, a you know, heroine to fall in love with somebody. I feel like they did hit the romance. I don't think romance always has to end with, you know, people getting together. I think it's touching on the topic of romance, but I see but where you're coming I, well, I from feel like you there was, say yeah. it. I feel like yeah. there was never any love between them. Like, there was no magnetic relationship yeah. dynamic yeah. in the movie. She was, it, he was just always pining for her. Yeah, which I is think, sometimes how love and yeah. romance actually <laughs> is. <laughs> I think world. the difference between Aaron and I's score is because you've said that this movie wasn't really your cup of tea the way that it was made. Like, yeah. the, over, the overdoing it and the, the cheesiness yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, I'm kind of like, I think I'm in the middle of where you are and where you are with enjoying that. Mm -hmm. um, as your score reflects. As my score reflects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think this movie was really masterfully done. I think if a different director and staff and cast was, had worked on the same script, 
that I wouldn't have accepted the the campiness mm -hmm. as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It the the one thought I had that I was I was kind of interested because you know uh, I'm honestly I don't who directed Free Guy was that Ryan Reynolds or I don't Taika think he Wittini? directed it. I think Taika Waititi is the villain in it. Did he direct he also? Is. I have no idea. But generally, when he directs something, he's in it. Like he was in the one. Sean Levy directed it. Yeah, I didn't think well, he directed it, but I, I, I know what you thought mean. watching this movie and I was like, I wonder what this would be like if it was directed by Taika Waititi. Because <laughs> he makes some really good and funny movies. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like what perspectives are like, yeah. you know, what what aspects of it might have been lost if it wasn't directed by the person it was directed by. I'm definitely more of a uh, Greta Gerwig fangirl than uh Mm -hmm. I'm definitely with you there, especially <laughs> after the newest Thor movie. But don't even get me started. Get we'll on that train later. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have all of our scores and all of our categories, so we can reveal our total score. I need to recalculate because I changed some. Sounds things. good. While you're doing that, Andrew, go ahead, tell us. It's a ten out of ten, right? My final score came out to a nine point zero, which I am completely happy with. I have no no, no regrets and no willing no no want to change my score. Yeah, that's definitely. One of the higher scores that you've given for a movie. Yeah, I look back in the... I've given out uh, a 9.2 for Across the Spider-Verse. I've given out a 9.4 for The Dark Knight. And I've given out a 9.4 for Django Unchained. So this movie falls amongst my top five movies that we've rated on the podcast. Not top five movies of all time. Yeah. So is this movie kind of in your... I mean, I know we haven't made an official list or anything, which would be a cool idea for an episode. But like... Top 50, top 25 I could movies? I com confidently put it in my top 50 at this point. Wow. Not confidently put it in my top 25. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, my score is a little bit lower than yours at a 7.2 out of 10. And I, just like Oof. you, am happy with my score. I feel like it fits with how I felt. Kaylee, mm -hmm. where did it leave you? I had mine right in the slap dab middle, 8.2. <laughs> See, I think 8.2 is reflective much more so of where IMDb should be with mm -hmm. the public. I think 7.7 yeah. 7 is just where I'm so upset about. Originally, See, I was everyone doesn't agree with Andrew. It's wrong. <laughs> I was at a 7.2 originally, but after changing my scores, came out to an 8.2, and I feel like I can be happy with that score. Um, I think... Uh, that it's pretty, ref it's kind of reflective of, you know, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of like, you know, the average, it's down a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, I think it's like a good average in between. Yeah, definitely. I, I was talking to Andrew, I, th I think it was Andrew, it was either you or Justin, um, who's been on the show a few times and Kaylee and I work with him. We do look alike. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how the number score can maybe be skewed when you think of it in terms of like a grading from school like an a b c d mm -hmm. or an f yeah like right now mine's at a 7.2 out of 10 but when you say it's a c movie like i feel like c that minus doesn't represent what the 7.2 is giving this movie mm -hmm. um if you were to give it a letter grade what would be the letter grade um i'd say like a b minus what movie would you put it alongside? This is a tough question because there's a lot of movies. Comparable quality for a movie. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that off the <laughs> top you, of my if head If you think like of that. one, let us know. But yeah. we still haven't heard Kaylee's score, right? What? No, we, oh, we, we just did an 8.2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. out of 10. Yeah. If I were to give it a letter he, score... He just didn't hear it because it wasn't a 9 or oh, higher. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kaylee, what was your score? <laughs> 
Kaylee, what was your score? Trying to find something to give you time to think of a comparable movie. If so, a letter grade for me would be a B plus. What what would a letter grade for Barbie be for you? I'd say exactly where I put it, A minus. A minus. Okay, that's fair. Nice. I think I think it's kind of a. I think that's a good overall, you know, score. Like, yeah. I feel like there are parts that deserve an A, parts that deserve a B minus, sure. parts that deserve a B plus. I think it's. I also really feel good. like heading into this movie. You you have it rated right where I thought you were going to, and I'm mm -hmm. sure you could probably say the same for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, here's the thing though: is you you also know that like my expectations don't as much affect my rating because we just came out of Mission Impossible where I had super high expectations. Mission Impossible. And, yeah, the last last week oh. I came out of Mission Impossible where I had super high expectations, and it was on my box office team, and I only gave that a 7.0. So I try to be like true to how I feel after watching the movie, regardless of how I felt before. No, I, I think you're yeah. pretty decent at like separating. Um, I think you do have a little bit of recency bias, but don't we all? I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the budget for this movie was a hundred thousand dollars. Andrew, you it was hundred million. Oh, I always do that. He always Excuse does. Me? I like always see the only one uh, comma every time. A hundred million. Um, and like you already mentioned, this was on your box office team. So the revenue for this movie for you is important to have you catch up to my movies. Um, how are you feeling that this movie is going to do in the box office? Because right now we don't have any scores because we are Friday opening weekend. So this will come out in a week. So by then we'll have some numbers. But right now we don't. A lot of the talk I've heard has been very positive. We've seen a lot of people showing up today and a lot of people showing up in style dressed up, which I think shows a lot of enthusiasm. So I'm still expecting 700 million, hopefully is the bar that I'm setting for. I'm hoping for more, but I think this movie is gonna, gonna perform really well, especially after how good of an opinion I feel like I have of it. I've, I feel like other people will, will may feel similar. Yeah, I'm not only for the sake of the box office draft, but I think the movie will be a little bit more towards like the 400 million. I don't I don't I don't know if it'll have the sustainability week after week to bring in enough to get to that number. Could be wrong. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of hard to predict. But there's a lot of movies that are coming out right around this time. And I think a lot of the I think we'll have a good idea after the first weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting Barbie to come out on top of the movies that are coming out in this time mm -hmm. period. Maybe Mission Impossible and Barbie are gonna contend, but... Um, I feel but, like Barbie has good rewatchability. I think it'll be a movie that people wanna take their kids to, potentially, yeah. or that like uh, people kinda like middle middle age, like my age, yeah. to mid-high school ages, but I, are gonna but, wanna go see it again. But I hate to say it, I feel like a lot of guys aren't going to want to go see this and that could hinder it in comparison to like mission impossible they'll also consider like the minion phenomenon where like you know it it's was a, a cultural movie, event but it's yeah. a cultural event right so it's kind of like it's the thing of like guys are seeing an opportunity okay we're gonna we're gonna dress up for this we're gonna go and we're gonna see what it's about a, a random guy we saw at chipotle today told us he was going to see it so yeah for sure yeah and i i think um I think with your guys's estimations, I think somewhere in between is gonna hit the ballpark. That's where that's where Kaylee's predictions always land. Her scores <laughs> and her predictions between somewhere between four hundred mil and six hundred so, mil, and it's gonna be there. <laughs> um, all right, are you ready to go on to the who's in front of them behind the camera? Wow, we still haven't done that. Yeah, let's, I'll, 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 knock, I'll knock it out quick. Yeah, let's go, let's go. 
So behind the cameras, normally what we like to start with. So we're going to talk about our director, who we've already sung her praises, Greta Gerwig, mm -hmm. the legend. Uh, she also wrote the movie along with Noah Baumbach, I believe is the correct pronunciation. The music's by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt with original songs written for the movie as well. We've already touched on those artists. Cinematography, I've already said, was by Rodrigo Prieto. Uh, he has worked with Greta before, but he's notable for working on uh, Brokeback Mountain, Wolf of Wall Street, Argo, Killers of the Flower Moon to come out in just a few months, which this is an insane repertoire of movies. I mean, just the first three alone, like that you see on his IMDb page. I mean, Argo is an Oscar winner. It's, it's inc incredible. Um, editing's by uh, Nick Hoy, who's also worked on all of Greta Gerwig's films. Um, the cast includes... Margot Robbie, Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, Alexandra Shipp, Emma Mackey, uh, Hari Neff, all as Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> and more. And uh, more. America Ferreira as Gloria, Ariana Greenblatt as Sasha, which is Gloria's daughter, uh, Rhea Perlman as Ruth Handler, Helen Mirren as the narrator, <sighs> Chef's Kiss, beautiful narration, Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Kingsley Benadir, John Cena, all as Ken and more. Uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah brilliant, brilliantly portraying Alan. Um, and then Will Farrell as the Mattel CEO. And then a whole bunch of other cast members as well, uh, who I think all in unison made this movie fantastic. Uh, I've, I would like to ask you guys before we move on to source code, who was your favorite in this movie? Who wins your favorite actor slash character? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Easy for me. Yeah, I would agree. And... And after her, I would say the person I was most excited to see on the screen, which I already said, was Simu Liu. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll all just discuss our runners-up because we all unanimously yeah. agree on Barbie. <laughs> My yeah. runner-up was Will Ferrell as the Mattel CEO. Oh, that's great. Um, honestly, there I think no one like really... I mean, I was just kind of captivated by Barbie the whole time. There wasn't... I just Fair. Kind of, Fair. We were both drawn I, to two guys. <laughs> I, I was... I... I kind of I really appreciated everybody else's you know sure. parts in the films. Honestly, um, gosh, who played her? The the crazy Barbie. Weird oh, Barbie. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. She's so funny. Her. Yeah, her, she stood out to me. I really liked her performance as Weird Barbie mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. That was just really enjoyable. Um, special hilarious. shout out to a very specific moment in the movie with Helen Mirren. Um, Obviously, it was a line that was put in there by somebody when Margo's like, I don't look pretty. And then Helen Mirren comes in and she goes, obviously, because the movie cast Margo Robbie, this is not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was funny. That was a mistake. That was, that was a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, that was that was a great moment that just kind of brought in like, yeah, Margot Robbie's great. <laughs> Um, I have a few other things that we can discuss briefly if you guys want to move on. Yeah, let's do sure. it. So uh, one thing that I want to talk about is all what I saw as inspirations for this movie and references. Uh, to name a few, this movie I think clearly seems inspired by The Truman Show, The Matrix, Free Guy, The Lego Movie, uh, which is also <laughs> like, right? It's a, it's a movie that's like meta and self-conscious of it being a toy movie, Lego versus Barbie in each case. Mm -hmm. And then in both movies too, Will Ferrell is the like domineering CEO of the company. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw, I felt a similar, uh, a similar vibe to The Good Place, which is like in Barbie Land, I felt like almost like I was in The Good Place in that show. Um, Cause it's all very like surrealist and you know, anything can happen. And uh, Barbie Land is very like 
heavenly, I guess you could say, which is what the good place is. Uh, and then the the movie references were amazing. Like we talked about the Matrix with the shoes. Like, should we want to choose to stay in re stay in this fantasy or go to reality? And then Kate McKinnon's so funny in that moment. She's like, No, you got to make the good choice. Like, I gave I'm you just the, giving you a choice, so yeah. you could have it. Like, you you have a sense of control. Yeah, <laughs> you don't actually giving the illusion a choice again. Like, has so many layers to like mm -hmm. the you know first situations with women and the patriarchy, mm -hmm. uh, and then. Let's see, I have a list of other references too. They referenced The Shining where they, where um, she said, are you shining with Barbie right now? Because they're having like that connection, they're sharing emotions, they're sharing the depression. Um, there's Top Gun reference. I leaned over to Aaron when they were doing the volleyball scene. I was like, they're doing, right. they're doing Top Gun right now. Um, <laughs> Um, which is a staple of both Top Gun movies. They've referenced Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is funny because both of these, this movie and Zack Snyder's Justice League are owned by Warner Brothers production. You, so could, <laughs> you could see a Warner Brothers uh, Discovery uh, company logo in the yeah, back. Yeah. You could see a Warner Brothers Discovery company building in the background of the Mattel CEO skyline in the building, yeah. uh, which is really cool. The uh, There's a reference to Clueless, uh, Margot Robbie, like, actually said this in in-person interviews that their closet was in Barbie closets inspired by the, the closet in Clueless, which is the most iconic closet in cinema. The Godfather references, you know, the Godfather is obviously uh, iconography for film bros everywhere. And for uh, the movie literally has father in the name is, uh, you know, for very, very much symbolic of that in our society. Um, but it's also an amazing movie. I mean, it's pretty, pretty you want to hear about it? <laughs> Do you want do you want me to explain? Hey, uh, writer and director and cinematographer, Kaylee, would you like me to explain The Godfather to you and why it's good? Um, <laughs> I, watching that movie, I had to read Spark Notes. I was really confused. <laughs> Aaron, get your guitar and play that song while making four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. <laughs> I'll be um, right back. But then there's all there's Just also pop back the guitar. <laughs> there's also references to uh, Grease Lightning, so Grease and West Side Story with yeah. the the fight on the beach and the dancing musical the numbers. Snapping. Yeah, the snapping, the <laughs> the gangs approaching each other and the musical nature mm -hmm. are you know. They were dressed in back with their yeah. slicked back. Yeah. They're definitely inspired <laughs> by those movies. I feel like the shots too of um, Grease Lightning for like when they were showing the male dominated world, showing all like. Sylvester Stallone in his furs and the, yeah. the you know, the iconic scenes from movies and all this like things that are traditionally masculine. Those shots I thought were really cool, along with the shots of, I'm cutting back to cinematography now, but the shots of Margot like, or Barbie accept, like accepting, assimilating the real world and just seeing people winking and blowing out birthday candles and smiling and running and having fun. I really enjoyed all that. Uh, there's a reference to Monty Python and the Holy Grail with them riding on the toy horses like they're real horses. <laughs> and then the Sistine Chapel one with the touching hands of the creator and the created with Ruth Hamler in this movie that we already talked about. Anything I missed? Elf. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Reference and, to and Free Guy. The free opening guy. shot is very reminiscent yeah. of Free Guy. Yeah. yeah. When he gets out of bed in the opening of that movie. Also, like, just like how she goes through her whole routine. And then the next time she goes through her routine, it's like interrupted yeah. by like yeah. emotion. <laughs> yeah. Something that was also to me reminiscent of Free Guy is real people, like the, 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 the people in Barbie Land or the, the Barbies and the Kens in Barbie Land are actually like they're actively being played with in the real world mm. like they're That's they're the yeah. they're they're the literal you know like souls of those dolls and that was very reminiscent to me of free guy yeah. because exactly all the thing. characters in free guy are just the video game characters from this one really popular video game yeah so 
And then you've got instances of like Toy Story, like you already mentioned. Um, we talked about the zip ties earlier, I think off the podcast, you mentioned that the zip ties remind you of Toy Story 2. The yep. packaging reminds you of Toy Story 2. But also like mistreating your toys and throwing weird Barbie aside is also like a reference to Sid in Toy Story 1. So yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of cool connections, I feel like, to popular media and the real world throughout this movie. And mm -hmm. I love those connections because it just makes me enveloped mm -hmm. more because my world is in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things you mentioned, I saw Aaron kind of chuckled at it, was... Uh, um, bringing back up the Justice Lee Snyder cut yeah. <laughs> reference. I felt like I was in a dream where I really cared about the Zack Snyder Justice League. <laughs> I leaned over to Kaylee and I was like, snap out of it. You're not in reality. Uh. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, I'm glad somebody finally said it. <laughs> I was like, that because it was great. It was good. It was, it was also like, you know. And it was really, I think it was really funny because you mentioned this is a Warner Brothers movie that just put this in there yeah so you know what's cool about these warring movies is you know the whole thing with barbenheimer traditionally christopher nolan works with warner brothers and he got kind of alienated by them with everything that happened with tenet he switched studios now he has a huge blockbuster film oppenheimer coming out with universal on the same day as barbie's airing with warner brothers and they're warring with each other so that's it's funny that he's now like the main competitor for his home studio they want like he may go back I think like. it's funny yeah, it's that like he's going back. you say they're worrying with each other, but like to my perspective, they're, they're basically yeah. working together. Iron sharpens like, iron. Yeah. Barbenheimer. I yeah. mean, that's like, that's not war that's no. coming together. Hey, Alex. Well, they say that they, <laughs> he, they, they say that if you put a Coke and Pepsi machine next to each other, uh -huh. both machines make more money next to each other than they would apart. Because yeah. the decision changes from should I have a soda to should I have a Coke or Pepsi? Right. That's yeah. like the marketing yeah. principle. Yeah. You and could argue the same thing's happening for this movie. Yeah. And it's like my friend really wants to go see Barbie. I want to see Oppenheimer. So we'll just see them together. Same thing. Yeah. With like yeah. And it's like turning into an event. You know, yeah. like you go out yeah. and you go see both in a day or both in a weekend. I was more excited something. to see Barbie be partially one of the main reasons was because I was excited to dress up and wear pink and yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that added to the experience of going to see it. I was more, I, my, my individual reasons for ex being excited to see Oppenheimer are to go and see a movie in IMAX, which was a really cool experience mm -hmm. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just, it just was very different. Like Barbie, everyone showing up in pink. It felt yeah. like we were all there together, which yeah. is what I talked about in one of our previous episodes. I think with, it was a box office episode. I talked about how the, the theater is a cool experience because yeah. when you go to watch a movie in theater, there's all these other reasons it's great. But an important thing is you're going with other people who value that movie enough to pay $10 to go see it. They took time out of their day. They drove there. So you all care about this thing together. You're laughing together. Whether yeah. it's dark and you are isolated in your seat, it's an experience you're sharing no matter what. Yeah, my favorite part about the, going to the movie theaters is that everyone has vowed to pay attention to the movie the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. our phones are away. We're not off like... We can't pause the movie and go mm -hmm. do something else that's quote unquote more important. You know, like if yeah. a work thing came up or something like that, we're all like dedicating this two to three hours to yeah. watch this movie together. And we're all experiencing it together. It's another world that we're, you know, kind of like living yeah. together. If it's a good movie that can draw you into it. For sure. Like you're experiencing the emotions that you're feeling, regardless of like if you feel it a lot more than another person, you're still still feeling it together i think barbie especially did that because you know every time there was a laugh or like a comedic moment 
it was like the whole theater thought it was funny. Yeah. It was like everybody was leaning over. Laughter is contagious. Exactly. Yeah. Before we leave, though, I do want to touch on the history of Barbie in a segment that we do on and off called Source Code. Uh, we get into like the source material behind the subject. So Barbie's full name is Barbie Millicent Roberts, if you didn't already know that. Uh, in the movie, she ends up deciding to go by Barbie Handler after her creator. But the story behind Barbie is that she was inspired because Ruth Handler was watching her daughter play with a toy. It was a paper doll that looked like a grown woman. And she was like attributing different like jobs and characteristics to it and seeing herself in the doll. So that's where she came up with the idea to create Barbie. And she named her Barbie Roberts. And then she created Ken, which she named after her son, Kenneth. Um, kind of a weird undertone when you think about the fact that Barbie and Ken are boyfriend and girlfriend. But, you know, moving on sharply from that. Um, <laughs> she's uh she lives barbie lives barbie lives in the fictional uh willows wisconsin wisconsin obviously being real um no, wisconsin's fake we all know, we all know i've never been there you know i've never been there <laughs> i have family that say they're from there but i'm pretty sure they're just from like michigan <laughs> it's like a common conspiracy theory i think uh barbie's official birthday is march 9th 1959 which which recognizes when she appeared at the New York Toy Fair for the first time that she was unveiled as a toy. Uh, Barbie's first appearance in her iconic black and white striped swimsuit, which we see uh, shown in the movie, in, which is in another reference I didn't even mention earlier. Oh, the reference that. to 2001 A Space yeah. Odyssey, the whole opening of a movie. I meant to mention that, yeah, and then yeah. I went... I was talking for too long. You didn't get to, to call <laughs> me out on it. But also, that, that movie's a, that's a dual uh, Easter egg, because you've got 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of the most iconic movies of all time being referenced. And then Barbie's first striped swimsuit outfit, the first thing she ever wore as a toy. Uh, Barbie it was joined by Ken in 1961. The first Barbie doll was sold for only $3, and the first commercial ad aired during a Mickey Mouse club in 1959 uh barbie's doll's signature color is barbie pink and barbie stands at 11.5 inches tall my final barbie fact is that barbie's the barbie sell, <laughs> the best-selling barbie doll ever was the 1992 totally hair barbie which featured hair that went down to her feet <laughs> they showed her in the beginning of the movie when they were showing all the dolls she was on the uh front left of the screen and I, I noticed because I was like, that's really long blonde hair. <laughs> I was like, Whoom. that's funny. Yeah, there's I mean, there's all kinds of other facts, mm -hmm. but uh, just to touch on a few interesting ones, because I see some more here. Uh, Barbie had over 250 careers. She went into space in 1965, which is a couple years before man actually landed on the moon. And I think that this is a really iconic toy that'll, that has spanned the test of time. So like one last thing on the topic of like. Barbie facts. Something I saw about this movie was that um, there was like in in creating the set, designing the sets and everything, there was a global paint shortage, pink paint shortage for the Roscoe company, which is like a huge, you know, painting paint. They used all of the pink paint. They used all of the pink paint to create this movie. That's like, hilarious. And like looking at the set, literally everything everything's was pink. pink. Yeah, it was like there was no other color anywhere. The beach was pink. Like... That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's the all of the resources. And Roscoe's the leading global manufacturer of creative <laughs> solutions, including LED fixtures, backdrop, color filters. So they're a huge company. <laughs> it's just like, I, I read that and I was like, I wasn't sure. So then I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh. That's hilarious. They went crazy with that 100 million budget. No, yeah. honestly, I'm shocked that they did what they did on 100 million I with know, the cast right? plus all the props and sets. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, I they, agree. They built Barbie World. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, it looked like a real set. Like they had all of those yeah. components actually there. Exactly. And yeah. That's not always cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, I know it's all toys. I wonder if they use like actual plastic. Maybe that's why it wasn't so expensive. I mean, it's got to be strong enough to support. So exactly. Oh, that's probably cool. like a like how you'd build a playground. You know, I feel like a lot of playgrounds are point. like yeah. have a lot yeah. of plastic components and yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. That's probably, I would assume, how they approached it. No We're just going to build some playgrounds in this little <laughs> cul-de-sac. Yeah. But we have one. It's fact. It probably helped <laughs> that they didn't have walls anywhere. So Yeah, yeah right. saved them all the trouble. I'm so glad they did that. It makes everything so much more accessible and visible mm -hmm. for yes. us as viewers. But moving on to our final segment, which we call Backseat Directing, where we'll normally talk about pros and cons of the movie, something we like to change and something we like to keep the same. Do you have anything in mind, Aaron, with all your vast critiques of the movie? Um, so for me personally, like we've already talked about, I don't overly like the cheesiness of movies sometimes. So you change the whole script. But <laughs> if you would let me talk and not interrupt me fair when enough. I'm speaking. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh my gosh. I was going to say that I wouldn't change that about this movie because it's done really well. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't like it as much as you, I respect it for why they chose to go that route. I don't like um, you, but damn it if I don't respect you, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so I don't know if I would, I don't know off the top of my head, like what I would necessarily change. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I don't readily have anything to change either. I've spoken very, you know, vastly on the things that I think should stay the same. It's, I like the writing a lot. Yeah. The acting's incredible. I think if, I, you know what I would change? Because I did have that one critique that the, some, this movie does have a lot of overacting on purpose. I feel like I would have liked to see like um, maybe a little bit more of Ryan Gosling's talent. But I also feel like at the same time, that's a weird thing to ask for in this movie that's so focused on womanhood. Yeah. Maybe it's like not something that we should add to the movie. Yeah, that's why I just love directed. I, I just I just love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> same, same. I, as you were talking, I thought of something that like maybe I would change. Um, and that is going back to Kaylee's point in the beginning where she was talking about like the character development was really fast at certain points. So maybe finding a way to smooth that out a little bit. Um, because I noticed the same thing when I was watching it, is that some of this is jarring. And, and the thing that I, that really stuck out is the, the kid from the real world, the, the daughter of the mother who's connected yes. her her whole personality changed like as yeah. soon as she got to Barbie land. Exactly. I do so. think it was a little much to have her fully dressed in pink. Although I loved her outfit. I was like, she looks awesome when she's sitting up on that beam See, with Kate I, McKinnon. I, I like her outfit, I but wish... I would have liked her to be like pink. But it was like, yeah, why exactly. am I, I why this is, this is more. over the top. Yeah. It was like, clearly, yeah. it was clearly set in her character. Like they, she showed up wearing all black. That's a pretty strong yeah. statement. Like a hundred percent black. Yeah. So. yeah. She started out as like, she was a bully. That's what she mm -hmm. was. And then she gets Barbie land and she's like, Oh, yeah. I gotta say Barbie. Yeah. yeah she Barbie. immediately switched. Yeah. That was um, something I noticed as well. For sure. Yeah. A more emotion, like a more connection to that switch, I think would have been an improvement. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Kaylee, how about you? Do you have anything that you would change? Or? Yeah. You stole my topic. <laughs> He Sorry. At least, at least he credited you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you know what? Men saying what women were gonna say first, and then it's the way it should be done. That's the. That's the. <laughs> it's hey. Okay, that was a joke. Now, okay, now, now we're being meta. <laughs> he did it on purpose. <laughs> I, I, Therefore, it's okay. <laughs> 
I though I would I would I just bring back what I said before what you you know just mentioned um I don't know how it would be written differently it would I'd really have to think on it um like some movies I can look at it and I can immediately point out how I could have written it better like Eternals yeah. and Marvel I could have taken it all apart and re-put it together and you know I knew at the moment I watched it but like watching Barbie I was like I was able to point it out but there wasn't a ready solution in my right. head for it so I think I'm not sure if it could be written, you know, better aside from the girl, the daughter going to Barbie mm -hmm. Land. That could have been done better. I think we yeah. all just looked at that and we said, yeah, we, we know how we could have fixed that. Yeah. I also but, didn't feel that much of a mom and daughter relationship between those two. I've, I almost <laughs> went at a certain point in the movie before she like fully verbally acknowledged her being her daughter. I thought they were, she was going to say she's like an older sister who had yeah. custody of her or something yeah. like that. I, I just think... Um, a lot of the changes that I would make are very difficult ones to try and make in a movie of this size if they wanted to keep it around the time length that they had it. Yeah, that's that's always the difficulty, you know, is mm -hmm. like, how do you change something without just adding to it? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So in what, probably seven to ten days or so, you'll have a new script for Barbie <laughs> <laughs> for us to read. This is how it should have been. <laughs> I'll find the script, take out the pages I don't like. Yeah. like <laughs> it's a it's a school assignment. It's a you know. I have too many of those right now. <laughs> well, we kind of missed the moment at our halfway point, but I definitely want to take make sure we remember to thank our audience, especially people who listen this far in this long of an episode, because we went a little bit over our usual time. Also, I want to say we're gonna be talking about spoilers in this in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Warning, spoilers ahead. Uh, we forgot to say that at the beginning. It's so. meta, don't worry. It'll yeah. come back full circle. It's on purpose. Um, <laughs> it's on purpose. It's on purpose, I promise. It's how we wrote it, all right? <laughs> Everything was written. Kaylee wrote it, so. Uh, yeah. But definitely thank you to everyone. Please, please uh, feel free to you know share this with your friends and family. We want as big a film community as we can possibly get so we can all share these conversations in the comments and one day in a Discord. Um, I appreciate anybody who listens to the show. Feel free to like, comment, rate, subscribe. Check us out on social medias where we post different videos every day. We're on pretty much every platform, even threads now. Um, and we post new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And definitely thank you, Kaylee, so much for coming on and joining us. Yeah, and it was a pleasure your, to have you. your female perspective and lending us your, uh, your expertise in the, in the industry and all that. Definitely. It was a good episode. We talked for a long time. This is one of our longer episodes. You're welcome. Which, yeah, it's it's fun. I like the longer episodes. I have um, a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a talking problem. <laughs> um, if we couldn't talk on a podcast, then like we'd be doing it wrong, <laughs> you know. But yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Again, our full episodes are on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere else, or Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, and that's, that's a wrap. wrap. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world.